Hey there, welcome to the Hacking Happy Podcast. My name is Penny Lacasso, and I am the world's first happiness hacker. I'm on a bold mission, a mission to teach 10 million humans how to intentionally adapt in order to future-proof happiness by 2025. Roughly six years ago now, I turned my life completely upside down in pursuit of happiness. I left a 16-year career as an executive in a global giant at the top of my game, relocated a family from Perth back to Melbourne, which is like moving from LA to New York, and left an 18-year relationship to start my own purpose-driven company, HackingHappy.co. I've now spent the last six years as an entrepreneur with a deep-seated passion for learning how I can hack my own happiness and help others to do the same. I honestly believe that the world is suffering from happiness poverty, and I am making absolutely no apologies in searching for a solution. In this podcast, I'll share my hacking happiness journey, the experiments that I undertake daily, the conversations I have with experts around happiness and how they bring it to life, and most importantly, practical hacks to enable you to let go of the things that are standing in your way and lean in to more of what lights you up and matters to you. So if you're ready to turn the dial up on your happiness practice and you want to inject more joy into each day, let's get started. Welcome to another episode of the Hacking Happy podcast. We are also live streaming this particular conversation because the people in the Happy Hacking Happy Collective, which is the beautiful Facebook community that has grown exponentially since uh, we launched and used it to run the Hacking Happiness Retreat um, over on Facebook uh, has spoken. And the community or the tribe has said that this month, they really wanna focus on how to build courage uh, lean into vulnerability and build courage in a way that enables them to use fear and failure to actually shape the change that they seek and create a life that is more in alignment with the things that they truly want. And so I thought what I might do today is start a little experiment in the space of the Hacking Happy podcast, which is a little bit new and do something a little bit different that enables me to demonstrate through stepping into my own fear and my own vulnerability, the power of doing this and the power of doing things that feel courageous and uncomfortable for us in terms of what can happen on the other side. So today on this Hacking Happy podcast and live here in the Facebook group, I'm going to share some vulnerability and what I want to do is use this episode as an experiment to uh, create a new format um, for some of the podcasts that I personally do that are not interviews. And I'm calling this Inside the Journal of a Happiness Hacker. And what I intend to do is to uh, share with you what I put in my journal. Um, things that may be helpful for you. And so I'm actually going to take you into my inner thoughts, into the process that I undertake every morning to really feel my feelings, process those feelings in a way that is constructive rather than destructive. So this is a real behind the scenes moment. As I say, it's an experiment. Um, It's taken me three days to do this because (laughs) 
it really has made me feel uncomfortable, which is exactly why I should be doing this. So much of what I teach is learning to lean into discomfort. It's learning to experiment and try new things in order to grow and live a life in alignment. And that's exactly why I'm showing up here today doing this in front of you. Who knows where it's going to land, but hell, I'm going to give it a go. Okay, so let me start by actually sharing with you a short extract from my book, Hacking Happiness, because this is kind of the crux of the journal entry that I want to share with you that I feel may be relevant to where so many of us are at at the moment, especially my good friends based in Melbourne who are still in lockdown. So I want to share with you the excerpt from my book, um, which is entitled Why I Wrote This Book. So um, let me share the excerpt and uh, then I'm going to talk a little bit more about the book and then the journal. So why I wrote this book. There are thousands of books out there selling silver bullets and seven steps to make millions, be happier and replicate the behaviour of high-performing entrepreneurs, executives and athletes. This is not one of those books. I don't prescribe to quick fixes. I don't believe that they exist. Anything worth having comes off the back of hard work, experimentation and persistence. Each path is our own and unique. And I want to recognise that in the way that I support you in bringing more joy into every day. This book is an opportunity to look at the world, work and life through a different lens. To ask what if the happiness you seek is not found in the wanting of what you don't have, but focusing on the things that you are avoiding. It is designed to challenge you and your desire for certainty and instead consider the magic that lies in the complexities and unknowns of today. In the professional world, we've spent our lives curating perfect plans in order to manage change, mitigate risk, and now in the age of exponential, unprecedented change and distraction, these rules do not apply. It's the courage to leap into the unknown, experiment, fail, learn, and intentionally adapt that will enable you to unlock your happiness. My intention is to provide you with a compass and a set of tools to help you do just that. Now, I spent uh, four months, just on four months writing this book, um, went into my own monk mode back in uh, November last year. And the irony was when I finished the book, um, the first lot of COVID lockdowns hit, <laughs> and we, I went into monk mode again. Um, I put a whole lot of love into writing this book. I wanted to, I wanted to address what I saw as happiness poverty um, around the world. So many of us are not living the lives that we want to live and not feeling fulfilled or joyful as often as we could. And I wanted to provide people with a really practical way for them to determine what happiness looks like for them and then to provide them with the compass, as I mentioned um, from the extract, and the framework to be able to do that. So that's a bit of context and the backstory. And so now if I go to where we started um, and link this to a journal entry. So you would know um, 
if you've been following me for a little while, or perhaps if you're new, you may not know, um, I launched my book, Hacking Happiness, on the 1st of September. And we ran a Hacking Happiness retreat and we had over 500 people join the beautiful Facebook community and participate. And there was loads of hype. I've had heaps of amazing um, media exposure, um, invested quite heavily in public relations to get the message out there around hacking happiness um, and why I wrote the book and my mission to teach 10 million humans how to intentionally adapt in order to future-proof happiness by 2025. So all of that has been going on um, over the last month and it's been a dream realised. I mean, as many of you can imagine, most of us, you know, long to write a book, many of us don't. So to actually realise this dream of writing a book and sharing these perspectives with the world in the hope that I can positively impact as many lives as possible and inject more joy into people's lives and therefore have the onflow effect of them injecting more joy into the people that they love. Um, that is where this journal entry begins. Um, and so this journal entry that I'm gonna share with you today, and as I say, this makes me feel really uncomfortable, <laughs> um, is about what's happened um, with the book. And so I had a conversation last Friday with the book editor because you get a whole host of data at the end of the first month of publishing a book. It doesn't kind of make a lot of sense because um, it's kind of you get data that sells through into what's retail. You get data that actually gives you some information around how many books are sold, but it's not that accurate. And so what um, that data had shown was that we were having really good sell through into bookstores, but it looked like that the book sales were not where I wanted them to be. And to be honest, you know, that was devastating. Um, given, I suppose, that I wrote this book, not to make money out of it, to help and support people in realising their happiness. And so this journal entry came off the back of the conversation that I had with the editor around those numbers. And I want to share it with you because my editor um, is an amazing woman and uh, having that conversation and then journaling these thoughts has been really helpful and I thought it may be helpful to others. So let me start. I'm gonna read this to you word for word. Yesterday I was triggered. The reality is so many of us are triggered at the moment because of the level of uncertainty and complexity that we're dealing with. I had a hard conversation with the book editor about sell-through uh, not looking as great as what I would like. It really triggered me. What triggered me were comments about perhaps I could do more, um, perhaps I should have delayed the launch, maybe I'm giving up too soon. I was triggered because I felt like a failure. I felt shame, like my work was not good enough like I had been rejected. I felt alone. I felt hurt. So many feelings to explore and understand. Why do I feel this way? Why did I feel this way? Why am I so triggered by that conversation? because I envisaged the book selling really well within the first 30 days, given the current environment and so many people looking to pave a different kind of future. I thought more people 
would want to act on their happiness right now because the words of my editor felt to me like blame. I honestly don't think she was blaming me. I think we were just having an honest conversation. The words felt like blame, even though I know I am totally accountable for everything that happens. I've worked so hard to get to this point. I've invested in myself and the book. I've rebranded my business, written loads of supporting blogs and content to help people digest where I'm coming from and what I'm about. We've created an amazing Hacking Happiness retreat. I'm not sure what more I could have done. All of this made me question, is it all for nothing? And then in the next line, the answer is absolutely no. This is not a failure, nor is it the end. In many ways, this is just another beginning, another beginning of a new journey. I have come so far. In six years, I've had the opportunity to deliver a TED talk. I've been asked to speak at Google in Silicon Valley. I've written a book. I've spoken to thousands and thousands of people in the realm of hacking happiness. Just a week ago, I was contacted by the editor of Harvard Business Review. A dream it has been to write for them. And I'm in the process of writing my first article on happiness for the Harvard Business Review. I've impacted the lives of thousands been a really good parent and been home parenting through this whole journey and often in lockdown. I've grown myself personally exponentially. I've embraced that I'm beautifully flawed. I've joined the faculty of Singularity University and I've also sold the TV rights to the book to turn it into a television series. These are all things I never imagined yet I made them happen. I am not a failure. I am an experimenter who knows that the obstacle is the way. This is just another test. Whew, I actually feel relieved that I read that out. So why did I share this with you? Well, I think for two reasons, one to benefit you, but also it's hugely beneficial to me. <laughs> um, I share this because I want to, one, demonstrate the power of exploring all of the feelings that we have and how important that is to our happiness. There is a concept that I write about in the book, which is called emo diversity. And there is basically being emo diverse means that you are very skilled in being able to explore and experience every feeling that life throws at you. And the research and the science shows that those who are highly emo diverse, those people who allow themselves to sit and process both the good and the bad feelings, rather than just try and be happy all the time and suppress the bad feelings, the ones that allow the balance and the processing of all feelings are the ones that actually end up being the happiest in life. And so I wanted to share with you how I practice emo diversity. And my journaling practice is critical to that uh, because it enables me to, as you've just heard, explore when I feel 
really fucking shit and unpack those feelings in a way that is constructive rather than destructive. And the reason I picked this extract is I couldn't have thought in the last week of a better example to actually do that with. And so a couple of little tips off the back of today's session or podcast. One is when you feel crap, when you feel like I did, like you're being triggered, like you're a failure, like you're not enough, sit down with a pen and paper and explore why and what it is that you can do to actually shift what's going on in here, to process it in a way so that you can come out the other side and feel a little bit better. And that's exactly what that painful process of going through all of those feelings in my journal last Friday morning did for me. It enabled me to sleep better the next night. It's enabled me to walk into this week and be able to share with you something so personal and so uncomfortable. Um, and I feel better. I absolutely feel better. And so the tip is journal, get it out, process it. It will only make you feel that little bit happier. And so hopefully, this idea of taking you inside the journal of a happiness hacker may in some way help you process some feelings that are not great for you at the moment or perhaps something comes up in the next week and this little exercise may be really helpful. But yeah, I think the key takeaway from this for me is it's about embracing that we are, I love this term, beautifully flawed. That is what it means to be human. We are beautifully flawed. We're not perfect. I'm a happiness hacker and I still feel shit. I still doubt myself. I still think that maybe I'm not good enough. I still think that maybe I won't make this dream a reality. But what I've learned to get good at is exploring those feelings and processing them in a way that enables me to continue to live a life in alignment. So to close us out, a couple of things. Um, <laughs> needed to take a breath to soak all of this in. A couple of things. I want to first and foremost say thank you. Thank you for listening and allowing me the space to share something that is so raw and so vulnerable, but it's enabled me to feel better just through the act of giving you some insight into my vulnerability. So namaste. Thank you so much for, um, for being a part of this. The second thing I want to share with you is this concept of emo diversity. Um, if what I read to you at the start in terms of why I wrote this book and what it's all about, if this resonates and you haven't grabbed a copy as yet of Hacking Happiness, I encourage you to do so. I would love, absolutely love to get this book into the hands of as many people as possible to enable them to work out what their happiness looks like and cultivate more of it in each day. I'd love for you to read this book, share your experience on your socials, or if you've got a mailing list, share what you've learned with your subscribers. Trust me, when you operate in the realm of hacking happiness and you share like I've just done today, your experience can be infectious and it can really help others explore their own journey. 
The second thing I want to say is if you're interested in digging a little deeper into your own happiness, we are in the coming weeks. I'm excited to share. Um, we haven't kind of announced it, but they're already secretly online. Uh, we are right launching our online programs. So we've got a whole host of online programs where you can hack your happiness at your own pace. We've tried to make them as affordable and accessible to as many people as possible because I so believe in this work and I so believe that now is the time for us to invest in the things that truly matter and light us up so that we can navigate the complexity and the uncertainty of this really crazy time that we find ourselves in. And finally, I have a single private coaching spot that is becoming available just quietly um, in the next month. So if that is something of interest, um, I'll pop the link in the show notes below. Reach out to me and I can send you the application form and uh, we can take it from there. Thank you so much for joining me on this crazy adventure and this crazy idea I had around this podcast today. Um, it's been extremely cathartic for me. I hope it's gifted something to you. Have a beautiful rest of the day and I'm sure I'll be back with you soon. Bye for now. Thank you for sharing today's episode of the Hacking Happy podcast with me. If there was something that ignited a flame within you or challenged you to look at the world through a different lens, please take a screenshot and share your perspectives on social media. Tag me in at hackinghappy.co. I'd love to hear what you thought. Equally, if you have a friend that you feel might benefit from this particular conversation, please feel free to forward it on. Lastly, reviews are critical to reaching our mission of teaching 10 million humans how to be happier by 2025. So if you enjoyed yourself, please leave us a review and a rating. Until next time, happiness looks good on you. Bye for now.